0: and welcome to Transcend. My name is Ains, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm a gay trans man. I'm here to talk mostly about gender and sexuality, but I'll also talk a little bit about mental health, in particular bipolar disorder, OCD, ADHD, and PTSD, since that's what I'm diagnosed with. Thank you for listening. Going to talk about bipolar disorder and psychosis. I'm diagnosed with type 1 bipolar disorder with psychotic features, which means that I experience manic and depressive episodes, as well as psychosis when my bipolar gets bad. I'm going to go through my diagnosis timeline, talk about my symptoms and how I cope with mania, depression, mixed episodes, and psychosis. I will talk in depth about my experiences with psychosis, as well as all of the medications I've tried and am currently on. I'm also going to talk about day-to-day things about living with bipolar. And a little disclaimer, I am not a doctor and cannot give medical advice. If you think you are experiencing these symptoms, please go make an appointment with a therapist and a psychiatrist. I am only going to share my experiences as well as coping mechanisms that work for me. Feel free to try them out, but again, I cannot give medical advice and you should always trust your doctor over me. With that being said, let's talk about my diagnosis journey. So starting sophomore year of high school, I was experiencing a depression, but I didn't know that I was at the time. I had never been diagnosed with any sort of mental health disorder in the past, and I wasn't very educated about it. And we actually thought that I had mono. So I was sleeping like all day. On the weekends, I would go to bed at like 9 p.m. and I would sleep until like 1 pm if and it was only if somebody woke me up i was sleeping non-stop i was so fatigued i had no energy or desire for any activities or like social time so i was very much a homebody and my mom thought that i had mono so we went to the doctor and i got tested for mono and i got tested for all of these other things and everything came back clear like there was nothing wrong um and we never really did anything about it after that Um, around junior year I went to a psychiatrist and I got diagnosed with anxiety and then I got diagnosed with depression senior year of high school I was displaying very much hypomanic symptoms but I didn't know it at the time I just thought that my depression had gone away Um, I was breaking curfews to go to parties and like making very rash decisions, I was lying to my parents, and a lot of the stuff that I was doing was very much like regular teenage behavior, which is why everybody thought I was just being rebellious, when in reality, I'm very much like a goody two shoes. I didn't make bad rash decisions, I didn't lie to my parents. So all of these things were super out of character for me, but at the time, nobody really thought anything of it other than, oh, he's just going through like a high school rebellious phase. Um, So that was high school. And then freshman year of college, I was also very hypomanic um, starting freshman year of college. I was staying up all night and getting up super early. So I was staying up until like 4 a.m. and then I would get up at like 7 a.m. and have energy and just like go about my day. And I was doing this on a nightly basis for weeks at a time and it didn't seem to affect me at all. And then I talked about in my last episode, one of my relationships um, that was abusive and the abuse at one point did trigger a psychotic break, which caused a bipolar spiral. So if you know anything about bipolar disorder, it is genetically in you so you have the genes for it or you don't have the genes for it but if you have the genes for bipolar disorder there has to be some sort of stressful or traumatic event that happens that triggers bipolar disorder so you could have the genes for bipolar disorder and never actually develop it um but i had a traumatic event happen to me which was the abuse of my relationship and that triggered a psychotic break which caused my bipolar disorder to spiral um i was very very depressed and so i decided to get medicated for that Um, And the medication for the depression that they added triggered my first manic episode. And this actually started, I woke up one morning super early, my thoughts were racing, I was super egocentric, I thought I was on top of the world, I wanted to do so many things, I couldn't sleep, and I felt like I had drank 10 caffeinated drinks with no other food in my body. And I emailed my psychiatrist immediately and I sent this email so fast. I wrote it in like five seconds and there was no punctuation. It was like two paragraphs long, not separated. So an extremely long email of me rambling saying, oh my God, my heart's racing. My brain is going crazy, blah, 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 blah. I think I'm manic. What should I do? Should I stop taking this medication? Um, And he emailed me back fairly soon and he was like immediately stop taking that medication. It sounds like you're in a manic episode and he wanted me to schedule an appointment with him. And this was my first real manic episode. I was getting no sleep for days at a time, like absolutely zero sleep. I was staying up for like three, four days at a time. Um, and I was experiencing in particular the main manic symptom was I thought that I was falling in love with people after meeting them for only a few days like I would spend maybe eight hours total with someone over the course of three days and I thought that I was in love with them so like I was just experiencing extreme amounts of euphoria and I remember saying I felt like somebody drugged me with like molly like I felt like I was on molly Um, and so that was crazy but it was my first manic episode Um, and then after that freshman year of college i was in a depression mania cycle for months and i would be depressed for weeks at a time and then manic for weeks at a time and depressed for weeks at a time manic for weeks at a time um and at a certain point i started seeing a new therapist and she diagnosed me with bipolar one and i didn't know this but i had already been on bipolar meds at the time but i was also on ssris um which was making my bipolar worse and My old psychiatrist never told me that I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but I was still on bipolar disorder meds. And I just didn't know that. Um, So she officially diagnosed me with bipolar disorder one. Um, And at this point, I was still cycling manic depressed, manic depressed. And when she decided to take me off of my SSRIs um, and tried to switch me to a new medication, I decided to stop taking my pills because I was manic, which was a terrible terrible idea. And if you have bipolar disorder or any sort of mental health disorder, never stop taking your pills, especially cold turkey, especially when you don't have like doctor supervision or um, permission to do so. And so I stopped taking my pills and then I entered a psychotic episode because of it. Um, And I was in a psychotic episode for a long time and I'll be talking about psychosis later, but I ended the year, my freshman year of Uh, College, And then I spent the summer in a hypomanic episode. So I wasn't manic anymore. I was hypomanic. So it was kind of like decreased symptoms, but I was still not stable at the time. And then sophomore year of college, I found a new psychiatrist and I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, one with psychotic features, which basically means that I experience psychosis when my bipolar gets really bad. Um, And then they gave me new meds. And at this point I was like, having hypomanic episodes and like baby depressive episodes. So like I definitely fit the criteria for depression, but I was still functioning pretty much. Um, And then around November of my sophomore year of college, um, my grandma died and a close childhood friend died. And I also realized that I was a boy. And this triggered a psychotic mixed episode. Um, and this psychotic mixed episode got so bad that I ended up having to drop out of school. I was so paranoid that I was stuck inside of my room. And I the only time I would leave my dorm room was to go to the bathroom. And I wasn't eating. I wasn't seeing other people. I wasn't doing my schoolwork. I was paranoid. I would literally hide under my bed for hours and hours at a time because that was the only place that I felt safe. And so I decided that I wasn't okay, living by myself anymore. And I needed to go home and live with my parents. And I also realized that I was going to fail that semester of school if I didn't do something. So I medically withdrew from school and I started something called an IOP, which is an intensive outpatient program. And it's something that my therapist recommended to me. And I did it through Banner Health. And I cannot recommend anything more in my entire life. IOP quite literally saved my life. When I dropped out of school, I wasn't like doing nothing. I was working on my bipolar every single second that I possibly had the energy to do so. And mainly I was going to IOP. Um, so that was three days a week for three hours a day. And in addition to that, I was doing biweekly Bi-weekly? No, I think bi-weekly means every two weeks. I was doing it twice a week. I was doing twice a week therapy with my individual therapist, as well as appointments with my psychiatrist like every other week because we were messing with my meds at that point. And IOP, which is the Intensive Outpatient Program, is a group setting. And the way that it's structured is you do an hour of check-in. So you start, everybody checks in how they're doing, what they're struggling with, what coping mechanisms they've been using, what's going on in their life, good things, bad things. And we focused a lot on gratitude. So we would have to name three things or people that we're grateful for and explain why we're grateful for them. So we were really like manifesting that gratefulness and gratefulness was a super big part of IOP. And it honestly, it changed my life. Like the more grateful that you are, the more happy that you are. And it's because you're actually acknowledging the things that make you happy in your life. So if there's one piece of advice that I can give to anybody, even if you don't have bipolar disorder, is to recognize the things that you're grateful for. And we watched a TED talk and the speaker said, build stop signs into your life to remind yourself to be grateful. And if that's putting sticky notes around your house, then do that. But for me, it's just whenever I am happy and in a situation where I'm feeling feelings of joy, I try to sit back and I'm like, what am I grateful for right now that's making me feel joy? And when I'm in times where I'm struggling, I try to sit down and I'm like, what are things that I am grateful for? And it does bring me a little bit of joy. So that was the first hour is check-in. The second hour is group processing two days a week. So we go into a separate room and that's where it's more like therapy where we process like trauma, big life events that are happening, all of that stuff and it's a really supportive environment where the other people in the group they respond to you in a way where they affirm your feelings and then they will share something that they resonate with in that story and they might share how they helped themselves through a similar situation and it's just a really productive like group format so group processing was super helpful um and then on thursdays which was the last day of the week the second hour was actually for art therapy on thursdays instead of processing which i always really enjoyed we did super cool art prompts um and i i could i could also do a separate episode talking about art therapy in general because we did i was in the program for 8 weeks and so that was 8 different art prompts that we did and i thought that they were really really helpful in addressing like who i was as a person and helping me grow mentally and then the third hour was education and we did a lot of worksheets which sounds not appealing however the worksheets are very much like kindergarten level worksheets where like you're mainly circling and underlining and drawing lines to connect things like it's not a lot of actual writing they're very very simple and they take like 10 minutes max but they're super helpful and so we would do these worksheets on everything from like grief to anxiety to healthy relationships to communication um it was a cbt which is cognitive behavioral therapy workbook and we We went through the entire workbook in the span of the eight weeks. So you address pretty much every single standard mental struggle um, or anything related to mental health. And these worksheets were super helpful, and we collected them in a binder. So I have a one-inch binder that is full to the brim with worksheets and it's labeled with everything. So whenever I have a minor inconvenience, I go back to that binder, I open it up, and I find the worksheets and I work through my problems, and it genuinely helps. The group in general was just super supportive and helped me feel not so isolated because every day I was going in and there would be at least one person who was on the same level as me, struggling to the same degree that I was. There was also people who were struggling worse and that kind of put things in perspective for me. But it was also really cool because over the span of eight weeks, you see people who maybe got there four weeks before you, you watch them really, really grow and become stable as an individual. And there's a whole graduation ceremony and it really, really just gives you a lot of hope as an individual. So the group format of IOP was tremendously helpful for me. Um, IOP was also super helpful because it forced me to leave the house every day so I couldn't isolate and stay in my room Um, and it also gave me structure so because I wasn't in school um, with bipolar disorder and healing mental health wise in general structure is super important and so is like accomplishing things and so every single day I had to fight the battle of getting out of bed to drive to group and then I had to fight the battle of staying in group and I had to fight the battle of participating in group and by doing all of those things it would be 11am I would leave group And I was like, look at all of these things that I've already accomplished today. And that structure was like pivotal to me healing. Um, And it was also really helpful because it brings you back to the therapy basics. So things that I hadn't learned, things that I had learned in therapy three years ago that I hadn't confronted in a long time or things that maybe I've never addressed in therapy because I never thought that it was a problem. I was forced to address that here. And it really helped me navigate through things that I didn't think that I was going to have to deal with. And so now... In the future and in the present moment, I things will come at me that I might not have had the tools for. But because of IOP, I do have the tools for. So pretty much any minor or major inconvenience, I know how to deal with now, which is amazing. And so I started IOP and around week six of IOP, I became stable. And that was a combination of IOP and a combination of finally getting on the right meds, which was amazing. So I'm going to talk about the symptoms and coping mechanisms for different aspects of bipolar disorder. And I split it into mania, depression, mixed episodes, and psychosis, because those are the four things that I experience related to bipolar disorder. So starting with mania, the symptoms that I experience, and clearly there's more than this and it manifests differently in everybody, but this is speaking to myself as an individual. I get little to no sleep. Um, I have very fast excessive talking so i will talk way too much i talk way too fast i'm stumbling over my words it's like something called word salad which is like a psychological term that is generally associated with schizophrenic people um and it means like you're talking so fast and when you're manic or when i'm manic at least i my words don't make sense like i have snapchat videos of me talking and their words it's not a it's not a sentence it's not something that you can comprehend it's random words strung together and that's how i talk and that's when my mania gets very severe but that is something that happens Um, Another symptom of mania that I experience is like the need to document and post everything, so I'm consistently recording voice memos, Snapchat videos, TikToks, I'll post an excessive amount on social media, it's like every single thought that I have is so special and unique that it needs to be shared with the world. Um, And going along with that is very much an egocentric behavior and attitude where you think that you are the hottest, hottest, sexiest human being on the planet. And you think that you are on top of the world and you're smarter than everybody around you and that you're invincible, almost like you could jump off of a building and not feel anything. Um, And then also with mania, I just make very bad rash decisions and they're very impulsive. A lot of it includes spending absurd amounts of money. I got a stimulus check when I was manic and I spent the entire $1,500 in four days at Target, every single day at Target. So I don't know how that happened, but it's just like a manic symptom for me. And the last one is paranoia, which gets me super bad when my mania gets very severe. Um, I'm super paranoid of everyone and everything. And it kind of mimics schizophrenic symptoms where I feel like everybody's out to get me and there's like something wrong. Um, coping with mania I find that healthy impulsive behaviors are really helpful because you have those urges to engage in impulsive behaviors you just have to find healthy ones so I know some examples for me is that when I was very manic I decided one day to go to an art museum that I had never been to before it was like a random Sunday I was in my pajamas it was like 3 p.m. and I had a thought and I was like I need to do something rash And so I was like, I'm gonna get up and go to an art museum by myself. So I got up, got dressed, went to an art museum within the span of 30 minutes and I did that. And it kind of satisfied that urge to first of all, go out and do something, but also do something impulsive that I hadn't planned. Um, So healthy, impulsive behaviors are super important. Um, Also on that note, asking friends and family for advice before making decisions. And I know that this is really hard when you're manic. You really have to train yourself to do this. But whenever I'm like, I want to, even if it's a small thing, like I want to bleach my hair. I have to text at least three people and I need all three people to agree with me and say that it's okay for me to bleach my hair. And that's like a rule that I have for myself. And otherwise I don't make that decision. Um, And that prevents me from making a lot of rash decisions. Um, Communicating with my support network is super important. So letting them know I'm feeling very wired right now. So I need to like get my energy out. So I'm going to talk for a while or just telling them, a lot of symptoms with mania and this is something that i didn't mention a second ago but a symptom of mania that i do experience is like extreme irritability and like rage like i will get super angry for no reason so communicating with my support network is like absolutely essential because i have to let them know i'm feeling so manic right now i feel like i could rip your head off so i'm gonna isolate myself so i don't say anything bad to you so that communication is very much key um also channeling that manic energy into healthy projects so you want to have all of these big expansive projects where maybe you'll spend thousands of dollars to get them started instead start with something small like learning to play an instrument or like learning to crochet or like having a craft project so maybe limit yourself say i can go spend 50 dollars, or i'll go spend 10 dollars and I'll buy materials and then I'm gonna focus on a project that I can accomplish and try to choose a project that is a lengthy project, but where you have progress throughout the whole thing so that it occupies you for days or weeks at a time and you can spend all day sitting there accomplishing that task. And at the end of the day, you'll feel like the manic satisfaction of completing a project. Um, but it'll keep you busy and it's a healthy project instead of channeling your energy into unhealthy things. Um, and also sleeping pills, obviously diagnosed, obviously used correctly and as prescribed. Um, but for me, like managing my sleep is a very big thing in like mitigating mania. And so I have sleeping pills that I take as needed. So when I have a night where it's, 2am and I really don't want to go to bed I have to take a sleeping pill and it will knock me out and force me to sleep and that definitely helps mitigate the mania now with depression some of my symptoms that I experience is excessive sleeping like I mentioned before I will sleep and sleep and sleep no alarm will wake me up only a person will wake me up and I could sleep for like 24 hours at a time wake up for an hour and then go right back to bed Um, eating-wise, I either eat very, very little, which is most common for me, but sometimes it results in, like, excessive eating, especially chocolate. Um, eating and craving chocolate is associated with depression, along with a bunch of other things, so don't panic if you're, like, a chocoholic, but... It is associated with depression as well. So I tend to excessively eat things like chocolate and sweet things. Um, Suicidal thoughts are associated with depression. Um, I feel like I move and talk in slow motion. And sometimes people have said to me, like, I literally will talk like a sloth or like the walk from my room to the bathroom will take twice as long as it's supposed to. Um, Isolating is a very big symptom for me. I tend to like cut off all my friends. I won't check social media and I really just tend to stay to myself self um i cry for no reason and i like to call it leaking when i'm depressed um because i'm not actually crying because i'm sad i just tears will be leaving my eyes for absolutely no reason at a time um and generally for me when i'm depressed it's less of a sadness and more of like an existential dread where like i'm just in agony about everything, like everything is agonizing. And that's kind of the only way that I can explain my depression, um, coping with depression. So any activity that sparks joy, and I have a worksheet that has 200 activities that spark joy. And it's the littlest thing from like smelling a flower to going on a walk to taking a shower, things like that. Some of them are more in... Some of them take more effort or some of them cost money, but a lot of them are like free. So doing literally any activity that is going to give you the smallest amount of joy, whether that's eating a comfort food or going on a walk or taking a shower or sleeping, do anything that's gonna bring you a little bit of joy. Um, like I said, walks outside are very important because sunlight and fresh air and like a little bit of exercise is super important in like mitigating depression. Um, comfort movies are a super big help for me just because because. because I know what to expect. And it generally, I can choose like if I want a movie where I can really resonate with the sadness, I'll choose a sad comfort movie and that'll bring me sadness because I won't feel alone. Or if I want a little bit of joy, I'll choose a comfort movie with a happy ending. So movies are super, super important. Um, any project where you can sit down and work on them like stationary projects, um, because it doesn't take a lot of energy, but you're still accomplishing something and forced social interaction, which sounds terrible. And I know nobody wants to do it when they're depressed at least I don't but it does help tremendously and I think that that's something that needs to be kind of forcibly imposed upon you if you are experiencing depression even if it's somebody coming over and just sitting on your bed and you sitting in complete silence having company is very essential to healing depression now with mixed episodes um the symptoms that i experience it's simultaneous manic and depressive symptoms so all of the symptoms that i've just listed above it could be a combination of all of them at the same time of too depressive too manic it's all of those things but it's It's those depressive symptoms and those mania symptoms coexisting at the same time. So for me, I will feel internally wired, but physically exhausted. Um, I will have tons of ideas, but absolutely no motivation to carry out any of those ideas on those projects. Um, And then also, so those are two examples of when... I say I like to say my brain is feeling manic and my body's feeling depressed and sometimes it switches. So you'll have very dangerous, sad, depressive thoughts. And unfortunately, with mixed episodes, you might have the physical energy to actually carry out those actions, which is very scary. And that's why mixed episodes are the most dangerous part of having bipolar disorder. Um, So it's very important that you're using coping mechanisms to mitigate that. And some coping mechanisms that I came up with were stationary activities, like I mentioned for depression, because if my body was really tired, but my brain really wanted to accomplish things in a manic way, if I could sit down and draw on my iPad, or if I could crochet, or if I could play my ukulele, I wasn't exerting a lot of physical energy, but I was still accomplishing something and satisfying those manic urges. But the overall advice that I can give for mixed episodes is coping with the current and most immediate symptom. Because your symptoms are all over the place, all you can really do is give yourself comfort in that moment. And for me, that would be things like If I was feeling really jittery, I would make sure that I ate some food and I would lay down and I would do some deep breathing exercises. Or if my body was feeling extremely tired, I would focus on laying down. So focusing on those immediate needs that are going to help you is like most essential because you can't deal with eight needs at the same time. You have to figure out which need is bothering me the most right now and how can I mitigate that. Um, And that's how I deal with mixed episodes. So psychosis is absolutely terrifying. Um, It's really scary. It really threatens your safety. Um, And for me, I experience hallucinations and delusions in addition to my bipolar symptoms. So hallucinations, I will have auditory and visual hallucinations and my auditory hallucinations manifest in multiple voices and they will have different accents and different personalities and they're different people existing in my head and generally they tell me scary things like they will say, there's somebody lurking behind you or that person is trying to kill you or things like that or they're trying to give me ideas to hurt myself, um, which is also terrifying or they will say things like you're absolutely worthless you know things like that um but i will auditorily hear them to the point where i will turn around and think that somebody is speaking to me um visual hallucinations that i have um i have a big thing with lights for some reason um lights really bother me when I'm manic Um, and when I'm in psychosis especially lights really really bother me Um, I need like no lights on like very few lights because I tend to see like fireworks when I look at lights um, which sounds crazy but they're hallucinations so when I look at lights it's like I get overstimulated and I see fireworks I also see balloons quite a bit like flying in the sky which that's a very like harmless hallucination Um, but it is a little bit it makes you uncomfortable because when you're in psychosis and you're aware of it, you're not sure what is real and what is fake. And that can be really... it it gives you a lot of discomfort so even things like seeing balloons in the sky can be uncomfortable um i see a lot with the number three i see it everywhere i see number three balloons floating in the sky um i see the shape of a three in grass and like random things that i see um a really scary visual hallucination that i have is um like little men running around almost like little gingerbread men like running around on the walls and on my skin and that one really freaks me out um as as well as seeing like i remember one time i was driving and i hallucinated seeing a fatal car crash in front of me and that was absolutely terrifying um i can see like the particle motion so like particles are always moving even if they're at slow speed and like solid objects and i i will hallucinate and be able to see the particle motion of like particles everywhere and it's extremely overstimulating and it's exhausting because you're paying attention to the motion of every single thing around you um and then also a really scary visual hallucination that i have is seeing like shadow figures so i'll see a shadow of a person and it looks so real and they'll be moving and moving towards me and it's not really there but it is something that i hallucinate And delusions, on the other hand, is more of like a cognitive process that's like altered due to psychosis. Um, And so a big one that I experience is like a religious or spiritual awakening. Um, I think that I there were times where I thought that I uncovered the secrets of the world and the reasons for existence and the purpose of everything. And I thought that like everybody and including myself was like God themselves and It's this very weird delusion where you just think that you understand the secrets of the universe. Um, And there were also delusions of me thinking that there were eyes watching me everywhere. And part of that was a hallucination where I would see eyes in the trees, but also it was a delusion in the fact where I was like, there are invisible creatures hiding, watching me constantly. Um, And another delusion that I had was just a connection between random things. So finding two obscure things that have absolutely no relation to each other and me being able to connect them and be like this is one of the secrets of the universe if only everybody understood the connection between these two things like we would have world peace those kinds of delusions um and it's really crazy and so all of those things mixed together with bipolar symptoms is how i experience psychosis and it is one of the most terrifying things ever and when you're alone in particular it's very scary um and so how i I cope with psychosis is staying indoors because outdoors there tends to be a lot more there's a lot of potential for harm when you're in psychosis so staying indoors in a safe environment is really key um being surrounded by a support network so never being alone it is really dangerous when somebody's in psychosis and leaving them by themselves is a very dangerous thing to do and so being surrounded by a supportive network of people who make you feel safe and can remind you that you're safe is like pivotal um and on that note being and doing what makes you feel the safest so for me hiding underneath my bed made me feel the safest and you know what that helped me cope with my psychosis and that is something that really helped me so doing being places anything that helps you feel safe in any way shape or form is what is important because that's what's going to ease that paranoia um and then for me to drown out the hallucinations it was really important to distract myself so listening to music really helped um try to mitigate the auditory hallucinations like the voices if my brain was occupied listening to music i couldn't hear them as loud um And then also watching TV was very helpful because it kept me focused on something so I wouldn't be looking around because like looking at, generally me looking at like blank walls is where I tend to hallucinate the most things. So if I'm looking at a screen and focused on something that's moving, I won't hallucinate as much. And like I said, this only works to a certain degree. Auditory hallucinations are going to continue to happen. But for me, it was helpful to sort of try to drown them out a little bit. Um, And this is just another reminder that I am not a doctor and my advice should not be taken especially in regards to medication medication affects every individual so differently so it's important to like realize that you're not going to have these same experiences that i do but i do want to talk about them um so maybe if you're on one of these meds and you're experiencing the same side effects that i was now you'll know um so i started off taking lexapro once a day and xanax as needed and this is when i was diagnosed with only anxiety and depression and i never took my xanax because i have a super addictive personality and i was very paranoid and thought that I was going to get addicted to it. So I never ended up taking it even when I was really anxious. Um, and because I was never taking my Xanax and the Lexapro wasn't working, we had to keep increasing the dose, um, because it just genuinely wasn't ha- helping. So then we added Buspirone, which is also called Buspar, Um, and that helped my anxiety tremendously. Um, But my bipolar was still very bad. I was still having very bad depressive episodes and hypomanic episodes at that point. So they started me on lithium and that was my first mood stabilizer. I felt like a zombie and I had absolutely no mood improvement. So I wasn't stable. I wasn't becoming less depressed. And honestly, it made it worse because I could barely get off the couch. It was terrible. Um, I also had to get blood drawn frequently because it's really bad for your liver well it's your liver or your kidney don't take my word on that it's bad for one part of your body whatever like metabolizes the lithium but you have to get blood drawn frequently to make sure that your levels are okay and that's really annoying um and also when i was on lithium i was not told that i had a bipolar diagnosis when I was on this med, I was just on a mood stabilizer and I didn't know that it was a mood stabilizer. Nobody explained that to me. They just told me to start taking lithium. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. Um, when the lithium wasn't working, they kept me on lithium, increased my dosage, and then decided to add Welbutrin, which is also called br- Bupropion. I don't know how to say that. But anyway, they added Wilbutrin. Um, That, after about five days, triggered a manic episode. Um, So I had to stop taking it very shortly after starting it. Um, And I talked about that earlier. That's when I emailed my psychiatrist. That was the med that triggered my first real manic episode as opposed to a hypomanic episode. Um, And then eventually I stopped taking lithium. I stopped taking Wilbutrin. And I switched to Lamotrigine, which is also called Lamictal. And I also stopped Lexapro because Lexapro is an SSRI and it worsens bipolar disorder in some people with bipolar disorder. I am one of those people where SSRIs really worsen my bipolar disorder. So I had to stop taking Lexapro and instead I switched to a new mood stabilizer, which is the McDoll. Um, My moods were less severe, so it definitely helped sort of stabilize my mood. I wasn't stable, but it helped things be less severe um i had a lot less of fatigue compared to lithium um and we had to continue to increase the dosage and i started taking it twice a day Um, and then they also increased the dosage of the buspirone and I started taking that twice a day as well. Um, and I was on this regimen for a very long time and then I went into my second psychotic episode and so they decided to put me on an antipsychotic and we started with Abilify and Abilify put me into a severe depressive episode. I had terrible suicidal thoughts. I was hallucinating like crazy. I didn't eat. I didn't pee. I didn't leave my bed at all. I could not move. I had an extremely blank expression on my face. I was quite literally, I was, I was blank. Like there was nothing going on with me. I was a loaf on the couch, and um, so then I switched to Latuda. And when I switched to Latuda, which is another antipsychotic, I was twitchy, like I was having muscle spasms. Um, I felt like my skin was crawling. It was the most uncomfortable feeling in the entire world. I was extremely fatigued, similar to the lithium. And again, I had a terrible blank expression on my face. Like there was just, I was completely lifeless. So then they switched me to Vralar. And thank fuck for vraylar i had no side effects my psychosis ended and my mood stabilized it completely changed my life vraylar has been essential to me healing with my bipolar disorder um i cannot stress that enough it's an extremely expensive medication um for some reason i'm very lucky and my insurance covers most of it so i got super lucky but vralar has really been life-changing for me so right now the current medication regimen that i'm on i take buspirone twice a day and that is for anxiety i take lamictal twice a day or lamotrigine and that is for that's a mood stabilizer for my bipolar disorder and then i take vralar at night and that is an antipsychotic for my bipolar disorder and psychosis and then i take adderall in the morning and that is for adhd so on a day-to-day basis with bipolar disorder structure is wildly important um i have to have tasks to do every single day or depression will settle in i need some sort of accomplishment i need some sort of a goal in my mind and on the topic of goals i also have to have like far away goals so that i have the motivation to maintain being stable so i have motivation to continue taking my meds so i have motivation to continue going to therapy all of that stuff so structure absolutely imperative um having a support network and communicating within that support network extremely extremely important um, i do these check-ins with my family where i have this elevator analogy where the fifth floor is the most manic i've ever been where i should probably be hospitalized um, floor zero is i'm completely stable experiencing no symptoms um, and then floor negative five is where i'm in the basement i am in the deepest depression ever and i should also be hospitalized for that and so So I have a sort of scale of where I'm at bipolar wise and my family checks in with me and we do little check-ins so that they know where I'm at and some of my friends do that too but the support network is super important um and then sleep absolutely imperative to bipolar disorder to manage your sleep um my doctor told me to get seven to eight hours no more and no less and I found that this really 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 works um if I get more I'll become depressed if I get less I'll become manic so seven to eight hours is like that golden area area Um, I take a sleeping pill if necessary and I have multiple alarms if necessary. So it's like, if I sleep too long, multiple alarms. If I'm worried that I can't go to sleep, sleeping pill. Um, Also having a regular circadian rhythm. So trying to go to bed around the same time every night is super important. Um, But because that's really, really hard it's mainly important to focus on the number of hours of sleep that you're getting, um, beyond that, avoiding triggers. So coming up with your triggers for bipolar and depressive episodes, it's important to identify those first. And then you have to, um, avoid those. So it's like you're constantly babysitting yourself. Like I have to say no to certain plans and I have to restrict my impulses. And I really do have to be my own babysitter and avoid these triggers so that I don't go into episodes. Um, taking meds consistently and daily or twice daily, however long you have to, but taking them consistently, that is the only way that it's going to be in your system enough to actually manage those symptoms. Um, and I found that having a pill pack is the most helpful thing for me. So I have a pill pack that has a morning slot and a night slot for all seven days of the week. And so every Sunday I fill up my pill pack and it helps me because then I'm like, did I forget my pills? Have I already taken them today? And I put it on my desk. So every single day I see it and then I take my meds and you really just have to get that in your routine. Um, consistent therapy, super important. Um, I, I do weekly therapy that has been the most helpful for me, um, if there are times in my life where I don't really have much going on, my symptoms are fine. I'll do maybe bi-weekly therapy or monthly therapy. But having a consistent therapy oh my god! Having a consistent therapy appointment in place is ridiculously important, um, as well as regular visits with a psychiatrist so that you can manage your medication. Um, having a community is so important as well. Um, i found that the bipolar now podcast which is on spotify and probably other platforms too it's called the bipolar now and it was the most helpful thing in helping me establish a routine and day-to-day things related to bipolar disorder so 10 out of 10 recommend going and checking that out i don't think they're making new episodes anymore but they have so 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 many so please go and like check out the old episodes um insanely helpful and also like the tiktok community has been really helpful for me finding other people with bipolar disorder disorder i have a lot of close friends from tiktok now and we check in with each other with our bipolar and we experience the same episodes at the same time of year because there is a thing with seasons and bipolar disorder and summer is associated with more manic episodes winter is associated with more depressive episodes similar to seasonal depression Um, but it is really associated with bipolar disorder. So finding those TikTok friends who we can relate and say, yep, we're both depressed right now, but we're going to make it through. That has been extremely important for me. Um, and my last piece of advice is to find online worksheets. So if you Google the name of any disorder followed by the word worksheets, you will find CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy worksheets that are super easy to do. You can fill them out online. You can print them out. You can do it digitally. Um, and they can—they have everything from coming up with identifying your triggers, to circling symptoms that you experience, to mood trackers, all of those sorts of things. So, please google those worksheets, they're super super helpful. And that is a summed up overview of my thoughts and experiences with bipolar disorder and psychosis. I am happy to overshare on the internet if it helps a single person, and I really hope that this does. If anyone wants me to talk more in depth about anything related to this episode or any episode for that matter, go over to my TikTok and leave a comment or tag me in a video explaining your question. I would be happy to mention my thoughts on these things or even devote an entire episode to them. I've already received wonderful ideas and feedback over TikTok and cannot wait to address the topics that have been brought up there and I have them planned out for future episodes. Thank you so much for listening and I hope the rest of your day or night is absolutely incredible.